High school standout Cohen Roberts was among our first guests on Seconds Flat, joining us for mile two. Since then, Cohen has won multiple state championships and qualified for Foot Locker Cross Country Nationals. Now as a freshman at Wake Forest, he begins his college academic and athletic career amid the uncertainty of the COVID-19 pandemic. Cohen returns to the program via a Zoom call we recorded earlier this week and shares how he transformed this challenge into a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to live and train at altitude in Flagstaff, Arizona. Here's Cohen Roberts and Mile 61 of the Seconds Flat Running Podcast. Cohen Roberts, welcome back in and welcome back to the East Coast. Is your body adjusting to the time change okay? The first few days were rough, but I'm on a pretty good schedule now. Waking up a lot earlier, or well, feels a lot earlier than I was, but you know, everything going smoothly. So before we started recording here, you were talking about uh, coming back from from Flexf and being in a quarantined hotel situation, where are they uh, putting you up here before you're allowed to rejoin the team? I'm in a uh, I'm in a hometown studios outside of uh, Winston Salem. It's it's a little sketched, <laughs> but you know it'll make do for a week before I can be on campus with the team. Yeah, it looks um, luxurious, I'll say, <laughs> in, in the background. But I assume they have you uh, doing that just for safety to to make sure once you join the team that everyone's healthy. Oh yeah, a lot of a lot of protocols in place. I've already been tested once. Got to get my physical done, a few more COVID tests, and then should be with the team for Friday workout this week. Okay. Before we get into the other stuff, just about the protocols. You know, could you describe a little bit of the the stuff that you're going through now, and then what it'll look like during the season, given cases of COVID rising all over the country, and what the uh, school and NCA are doing to help protect everyone? Uh yeah, everything is. Uh, the plan's been laid out really clearly. For example, me, I have a I have a roommate right now that was also living in Flag with me. We both came up and. 48-hour isolation, you know, just a lot of boredom, just chilling in the hotel without, you know, leaving at all for 48 hours. And now, right now, we're in our five-day quarantine after that, just running by ourselves. You know, if we do need to leave, which, you know, isn't really recommended to leave too often, you know, we always have to wear our masks and really just avoid anyone possible. Sure. So, 48 hours of lockup in the uh, hometown studios. What were you doing, man? Oh man, a lot of a lot of TV, you know, <laughs> a lot of storage wars and just mind-numbing time spent. <laughs> yes, storage wars. Mm. <laughs> so, we'll we'll get into Flagstaff and Wake here in a minute, but let's rewind. Uh, you've had a lot of highlights since we last spoke. You were with us about two years ago on one of our first episodes. Uh, tell us a bit about your junior and senior seasons of cross and track in high school. Junior season, uh, cross was going really well. I was looking to make full locker nationals as a junior. I ended up getting 11th that year, missing making nationals by a spot. My PR, 
as a junior, I ended up being 15, 16 in cross, which I was definitely happy with. I had a few setbacks junior track season with an iron deficiency, but came on strong at the end of the season for a state one and 3,200 meter. Shut my season down kind of early there, not trying to go to, didn't go to any big meets like New Balance Nationals afters, and then really got after it in the off season training for senior cross where I had a big season, ended up breaking my uh, lifetime high school goal of going sub 15 and making it to full locker nationals, which was just an amazing experience and something that I'd always wanted to do. The, the iron deficiency. Uh, talk a little bit about that because I know that's something that a lot of distance runners deal with and just how it affected your body and then ultimately how you were able to overcome that and, and succeed. And then maybe also how an obstacle like that helps prepare you for what's going on right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, no one ever wants to have any setbacks and, you know, starting an iron deficiency. I mean, I had no idea what was wrong with me for a certain amount of time. I just knew that I wasn't running as well as I should be. You know, I was training pretty good a few months before that. All of a sudden it feels like you're out of shape, which, Physically, it sucks, but mentally more than anything, that's just a challenge to be able to, you know, another challenge to climb over than just your normal everyday training, which definitely did end up helping now because to get over that, I realized I just need to take things as they come and focus more on, on myself and my health and my training. And, you know, with COVID, that's all we can really hope for and that's all we can do. So, you know, you just got to be able to do what you can to keep going. What was the favorite accomplishment there? You, you mentioned a few pretty neat things. Favorite accomplishment of the high school career? Ooh, my favorite accomplishment had to either be making it to Full Locker Nationals or after track season was canceled because of COVID, I ended up doing a mile time trial or ran a 409, which I was really happy with that because I never thought I'd be even decent at the mile, so. I never ran any good mile races to so run a 409 and I had pretty good finish in it. it was, it was really cool. Yeah. That's going to excite you about working on a weakness there and turning it into a strength. You go through a lot of success, but as you mentioned, some, some turmoil over the course of the high school career and ultimately settle on wake forest. So why wake? Uh, the team just, yeah, the team and the coach just fit really nicely as a, a group of guys that all had the same goals and beliefs that I did. And they all just want to also train and be the best that they can be in running. And, you know, the community aspect is really something that's going to take the team far in the future. So I wanted to be a part of that. And I know as someone with, with good academics, it's a, it's a great school for you as well, but you said what the team can do in the future, you know, an outsider might look at Wake and say, yeah, they've had a couple guys here and there the past few years, but maybe not team success. Are you out there already trying to sell that to other guys to be a part of? Oh, I, I definitely am. I mean, you know, anyone looking for a program, you know, look at Wake Forest. And if you don't believe me, what I'm saying now, I mean, October 31st, we're running ACCs and I expect us to show a big, so. All right, there it is. We are like, 10 days out from ACC's. So look forward to seeing that result. I last saw you, I think in maybe June or July, and you were preparing 
to train in Flagstaff. So what was the original plan for the time in Flagstaff? Uh, our original plan was since COVID was going on, usually we have team camp with, you know, the coaches and all the staff and in Boone right before we go back to school. But that couldn't happen because of COVID. So we decided, you know, we were going to go to Flagstaff for an unofficial kind of team camp just from July to August. And then me and a few of the guys ended up staying until August. And we had a, we had a team meeting like three days before we were supposed to fly out back into Winston from our Airbnb. And our coach was like talking about how things were going to be so strange with the season and he didn't really know what to expect. So he's like, you guys are training really well in flag. And honestly, you know, if you can, I would recommend staying out there. So then the next three days just went by really fast, just us scrambling, you know, trying to figure out, you know, who wants to go where, who wants to stay in flag, where are we going to live for the next foreseeable future, which is really wild and just a crazy experience to make such a important decision so hastily. Yeah, so walk me through this. First, I'm assuming uh, all your classes were remote then? Uh, yeah, we had just been informed, you know, all classes are going to be available online this year, so that's not going to be an issue. Yeah. And, and so th they're going remote for the whole school year? Did they already decide that? I'm pretty sure that it's going to be remote for the next semester as well, January. You know. Okay. You're in Flagstaff. You got like three days to decide what you're doing with your life. You know classes are, are online. And so the first thing that has to be running through your mind is like distance runners dream. Can I just stay and train at altitude for as long as possible? It's the experiment that everybody wants to do, but very few of us get the opportunity. So I'm sure you're walking your way through, how can I make this happen? Before we even get to you figuring that out, tell me about the transition to altitude for someone who comes from Greer, South Carolina. I'm guessing the highest you ever get is maybe you're going to like Brevard or something, a couple thousand feet. Flagstaff's at 7,000. What was the start of your time in Flagstaff like with that transition? So the first week, you know, maybe I noticed a little bit difference, uh, you know, just walking up the stairs in the apartment, but I still doing all the runs like I would do in uh, South Carolina, you know, still blazing out there on the easy runs, running some six O's, six fifteens. And then next thing I know, we get to week two or three and I just feel destroyed. I was like, what happened? Like, what, what did I do wrong? And then I realized that, uh, you know, altitude doesn't stop you from running fast. It just, uh, it definitely does a lot more damage to your body if you, uh, if you run fast frequently. Yeah, so it's more about that recovery period for you. Right, yeah, yeah, the recovery aspect is just, you know, it's so much different in altitude. Your body just, yeah, it recovers and repairs itself so much slower than it would at sea level, which is not what I was expecting. I was expecting to, you know, you know go for a run and just be, like, struggling, like, aerobically and physically, but that's not really it. It wasn't so much huffing and puffing as it was being ready to bounce back for session after session. So you get used to it and you're there a month plus and you start to feel more comfortable. Do you feel like you are recovering? Did you change your approach to running? 
Oh yeah, there's definitely a big shift in me and uh, me and one of my teammates. We were, you know, we were ripping there for the first two weeks, and all of a sudden we had a we had a really long, rough spot. It was probably three or four workouts, you know, two weeks or so, two week period where we just couldn't hit a good workout to save our life, and eventually we were like, you know, let's call our coach and talk about this, and he's like, yeah, guys, I'm not surprised, you know. Like it's gonna catch up to you eventually ripping out there every day. So then we we really put a big importance on uh you know recovery runs being recovery runs, not just easy runs, because you know, easy runs you can pretty much run as fast as you want, but recovery runs you have to do what you have to do to be ready for the next day. So I definitely ended up running a lot slower than I ever thought I would be running in a in a normal training block. I like the way that you, you put that. That's an interesting pivot from just easy to recovery. When we couch it in the terms of a recovery of, or restoration or rejuvenation, it may mean something very different. And I love that that became the tool you used. We, we often fall into a trap. All of us at times as runners have fallen into that trap where we're stuck in the middle. We're stuck at medium. And maybe altitude was the, the punch in the gut to, to get you to polarize and modulate more. How long before you started to see some results then in your workouts? Uh, not too long. I mean, I definitely didn't bounce back right away, but probably within, I don't know, 15, 20 days, I realized, you know, I was going out there for my workouts and I was just putting together some, you know, nothing special, but putting together a nice collection, a nice body of work, you know, consistently knocking out what I need to knock out. There's some wisdom there. It's the consistency. All right. We got a couple days. We got to decide what to do. You know, you want to stay, you know, classes are online. What are the next steps? Uh, the next immediate step was everyone called their parents immediately, <laughs> you know, all, all 20 people staying at our Airbnb, you know, everyone on the phone walking around, you know, pacing around in the, the neighborhood, looking really stressed, <laughs> talking to their mom. Mom, can I stay out here for three months? And luckily, a few of us parent, had parents that were uh, gracious enough to uh, let us live out a little bit of that dream, that distance running dream that, you know, everyone wants to in Flagstaff. You're right. It becomes like once a runner something that you're reading here in, the, in, a, in a, a running novel. So Coach Todd Roberts says that you can stay out west. Where do you stay? Did you stay in the same place? What did you set up next in? Yeah, the next thing we had to do is, uh, you know, we had to find a place to stay for three or four months. And we were staying in, uh, in an Airbnb that was meant for 20 people. And it was, I think it was $6,000 a month. And we ended up only having five guys that were staying okay. out. So we were like, you know, we were like the five of us, you know, we're not staying in this huge house for $6,000 a month. So we're like, we need to find something more accommodating within three days. So we find an apartment. It happened to be a Friday. So we couldn't get all the paperwork done and, and the office was closed on the weekend. We're supposed to move out on Sunday, but we can't turn this in until Monday. So Friday night, we, we, uh, our Airbnb owner had like a little house next to the house. I guess it was more of like a little hut. We walked over and we were like, like, Patty, can you please let us stay an extra day? <laughs> and luckily, you know, she decided that 
we could stay an extra day around, I don't know, where we would have been staying, you know, on the street, in a car somewhere, sleeping oh. in the Walmart parking lot. But Thank goodness for Patty. What a sweetheart. Patty, she came through. Yeah, she, uh, Patty lets you stay over the weekend. You move into your new spot. You said, what, you had six guys who stayed out there for, the, for a few months? Right, ended up being five weight guys, and then we, uh, we had a three-bedroom apartment, and we were trying to double up on every room. So uh, we wanted to make the rent as cheap as possible, so we actually were like, we need to find one more guy. So we make a let's run thread for like apartment in Flagstaff looking for one and we end up getting a, I mean, we get a lot of troll responses, obviously had to make a burner email and go through a lot of work, but we ended up getting a guy from Cal Berkeley to come out and he ended up being cool and he stayed for a month or so. Oh, that's fantastic. That might be the most productive thread that's ever been on let's run in the, in the sea of garbage, someone found <laughs> A place to stay for a few months in flag. So he trained with you guys? Uh, yeah, he did. Were there many other college athletes that you came across doing something like this out there? From July to August, that first month when our whole team was out there, it was insane. The amount of college, like whole college teams, like we would run into Gonzaga, WSU. We ran into some D2, like Chico State. There were so many teams out there. On any one day, if you went out to a popular spot like Woody Mountain or A1, you'd probably see 100, 150 college guys. Army and Navy were out there, I'm pretty sure. It was, yeah, it was insane. Me and so many people and just running with so many new people in general. So then what about in September and October? Were any of those guys still out there? Yeah, once they got to September or October, it was, it was, you know, it was the NAU guys that are out there year-round, and then it was us. Okay, cool. Yeah. Who, who were the biggest name athletes that you passed while you were running in flag? Oh, I pass, I pass Chez very frequently. Oh, okay. Probably, probably a weekly occurrence. I see uh, Chez. Did he look healthy? Yeah, he would always look really good, you know. Okay. I would, uh, I would, I would tell some of my high school friends that were on the cross-country team, like, I just saw Chez on my easy run. Maybe like next time you gotta you gotta try to keep up with him. I'd be like, and he's flying. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You gotta try to strike up some conversation or something. <laughs> Anybody else? Any other big time guys? Uh I know we've seen a lot of big time guys. It's just whether or not I know I, I know I saw Tyler Day not long ago who just signed uh, NAZ. Yeah, Nazali and yeah, we see the Nazali and Dark Sky yeah. guys all the time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they just signed uh Tyler Day, so they have him back with Matt Baxter reuniting NAU teammates. They did that. They just did that Ekaden pro race in, in Michigan and won. So while this is happening, you're, you got to take your classes. I mean, what are you feeling just at this point about like the uncertainty of going to college in this really strange moment in history? Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a little bit stressful just to figure out, you know, how everything not only how everything was going to work out, but just the future, how long, how long is it going to be like this? What am I going to do next semester? But everything ended up working out pretty well. I mean, so far, I mean, things have still been wild and just me traveling back to South Carolina and then up to Winston and I'm going to go back to flag. So, so that's the plan to go back. Yeah. I'll be back in flag for 
most of November, just gonna be freezing, but just getting in a lot of base mileage. So now that you're pretty much a, a local out there, for the listener who makes a visit, what are the uh, favorite uh, run recommendations out there? You know, there's places that we see, uh, Buffalo Park, wherever else, like the insider, Cohen Roberts right. says, this is where you run when you go to Flagstaff. Tell us a few. All right, yeah. So there's definitely the three places that I knew of very well when I came to Flag were Buffalo Park, Woody Mountain, and A1. And after probably a week, I was like, I don't really want to run any of those three. I mean, they're all right, but yeah, they're nothing special. Um, the insider places, mailboxes, it's called mailboxes. I don't, I think the official name's Crimson Road is really popular along more local legends. Like you'll see Molly Seidel out there pretty frequently. Very cool. It's a pretty good place to run seven mile loop or you can do, or you can go off on like a little forest service roads for many miles that are just beautiful. The backyard trail is really nice. That's just like the local name for it, backyard trail. And let me think about one of my other favorite places. Oh, Waterline. Waterline's a really hard run. It has a lot of elevation gain. You probably run from 8,000 to probably close to 10,000 feet, but just straight up for the first eight miles, but get some really beautiful views and get to cruise eight miles back on the way down, so. Nice. Well, I know it's not Flagstaff, but you, you got Salem Lake up there now. That's not a bad spot. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Ran a few runs there this week, medium long run today and a little tempo yesterday. It's very runnable compared to a lot of what I've been doing in Flag, which is nice. You mentioned already the um, easy runs, getting easier, more recovery. Uh, how else would you say the, the training has evolved? What's new to you and what's been exciting? A really new thing is... Uh, the workout volume. Sometimes the volume is a lot higher than, I don't know, I would not have expected to be, for example, covering, you know, 16 to 20 miles on workout days, but that's like pretty frequent occurrence now. You know, just long warm up, you'll get three miles in the warm up, three in the cool down, and then 10 to 11 miles of workout, which, you know, it's not too intense, but a big amount of work to, to get in in a day. Starting to sound like a future marathoner, Cohen. Oh yeah. yeah maybe I mean, in uh maybe in 10 years or so. We'll okay. See. <laughs> All right. When might be the first time we see you competing in a wake forest singlet? I mean, ACC's is, you know, next, a little over a week from now and I'll be out there and up in Cary facing off against a lot of the other fast guys in NCAA. So. Yeah, so you'll be on the line for ACCs. I will. Exciting. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Um, we're hitting a little mini taper right now, as, as my coach would say. It's not really a taper. The mileage is, the mileage is staying right at 90 still, still okay. really high. But the, uh, the volume of work is starting to decrease a little bit. The intensity is still very similar, but starting to feel fresh. I think it's going to be really interesting at these conference championship races to see guys who haven't raced much all fall, right? And, and what kind of opportunity that creates. Perhaps there's some, some rust for some guys to not be in racing shape, but in really good fitness. What kind of work have you done 
that you think takes you from a level of, of being fit, which I know from looking at your workouts on Strava, you're fit, but, but what have you done then to take it to a different level and to be sharp and prepared to perform? Uh, yeah, I've ran, you know, to get the sharpness a little bit because you definitely lose a little bit of sharpness when you bump that mileage up a lot and, you know, slow your easy runs down. You definitely have to counteract that in some way. I've done a few workouts probably a month ago. I did one that was seven by K. They were at VO2. And then the last one just closed hard. I ran probably 245s to 250s for the first six and closed right around 233, 234. And then at the end of workouts now, I'm just getting in a few four by 200 reps at the end, right around mile, just to inject some speed in the legs. Thoughts on the possibility of a winter NCAA cross championship, that discussion. What, what, do you, what would you think about NCAA cross in the winter versus in November? Oh, there's definitely a lot more variabilities, which is going to be interesting to see how everything plays out, especially with COVID and, you know, the amount of foreigners that there are in the NCAA that are top names, whether or not, you know, certain guys are able to even make it back or not. But if all the teams are out there ready to compete in the winter, then I'll definitely be out there ready to give it a go as well. Does that excite you? The potential of we're looking at maybe beginning of March. I, I know sometimes it, we've had some years with some bad weather, like in Wisconsin is not ideal weather at Thanksgiving time, but it could get really nasty somewhere at the end of February or beginning of March. Does that excite you? Yeah, it definitely is exciting just to have the opportunity to race some cross meets and uh, a little bit of a little different elements, you know, things that maybe you're not used to racing in definitely brings another level of physical and mental toughness into the race, which will be interesting to see how that plays out with the field. Yeah, you haven't gotten that as much in, in South Carolina in your past. You, you know, you've had some pretty hot races, but not necessarily the cold snow. I think that to me, I love it. I see it as a prelude to cross country as a winter Olympic sport. I am, I am going to carry the flag for that. Our boy Benji, I know, is a big fan of that too. Cross, just, it should be in the Olympics, and it seems like it should be in the Winter Olympics. And so I think it would just be really cool to have a successful NCAA meet under those conditions and uh, show what can be done. As an aside, do you have a favorite Winter Olympic sport? Ooh, I mean, I probably have to go, I don't know, they're all pretty interesting to watch, but... I feel like I have the most respect for cross-country skiers just because, yeah. you know, it's a sport that's fairly similar. And yeah. You hear about, you know, if you're on the Let's Run, you'll hear about cross-country skiers and their VO2 max and just like the insane amount of work that they'll put in aerobically every day. Yeah, it's off the charts. I, I would have a similar answer. I love the biathlon, which is cross-country skiing, but then they have to combine it with the shooting. And I am just mesmerized by how they bring their heart rate down, how they can calm themselves down to shoot accurately. They're incredible athletes. Anyway, what's the biggest lesson you feel like you've learned from this very atypical first few months of the freshman year? Uh, just, just patience, you know. I thought that 
coming into college, the workouts would just be crazy, you know, me running a lot of, you know, I thought it was going to be like a lot of just full guts workouts, running as fast as you can, but it takes, I think it takes more, uh, I think it's harder to just hit the prescribed paces if it, if you're having a good day, if it feels easy just to, to keep it there, you know, and be happy with going home with a, a workout that you felt good in. That's well said. It, it seems like yeah. you have certainly taken advantage of the opportunity created out of uh, the uncertainty that we are in, for sure in a, in a training sense. But, but next step to that is what has it meant for you as a person, growing as a person and with your teammates and that moment that you're in when, yeah, you're living a dream of running there in Flagstaff for months but getting to share it with, with others in your community. Yeah. I mean, that has been really special just to be able to, you know, have teammates out there that are sharing this dream with me and to be able to, you know, share some of that with my friends that are back home, whether it's in South Carolina or other teammates at Winston and send them these cool places or cool pictures where, you know, maybe they'll be able to come out there with me to run eventually in the upcoming years and, I can kind of help be a guide to other people. That's, that's great. Running ACCs and then heading back out soon after that. Is that the plan? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fly out. So I'll be flying out the next day. <laughs> yeah, the next morning. Okay. Back to fly, which uh, I don't know if I'll be happy with that decision the next morning when I have to wake up early. But <laughs> it'll definitely be a lot of fun training just – you know, getting to do a lot of exploration runs, not having to worry about serious workouts, just getting in a good base before cross, you know, running wherever, whenever, how, however far I want to for three or four weeks. You got guys going with you again? Uh, yeah, every, everyone uh, that was in flag is going to come back out. I mean, we have our lease until the end of November, and then we'll have a little Wake Forest Flagstaff Thanksgiving and go home. Uh Beautiful, man. That, that sounds fantastic. We're looking forward to watching ACCs here in the end of October and then getting ready for hopefully a more normal 2021. But if it's not, you are certainly prepared with the experience that you've been through. So Cohen Roberts, multi-time South Carolina State champion, footlocker qualifier, and now Demon Deacon at Wake Forest, coming at us live from the hometown studios, living the life of glamour in Winston-Salem. Thanks so much for joining us, man. It was great to talk to you again. Yeah, thank you, and uh, thank all the listeners for tuning in. The 2020 Atlantic Coast Conference Cross-Country Championships will air live Friday, October 30th, on ACC Network Extra, with live scoring also available on theacc.com. Men's action begins at 10 a.m., followed by the women at 11. Top-ranked teams competing include North Carolina State, Notre Dame, and Duke. Our thanks again to Cohen for sharing his time, and we wish him and the Demon Deacons good luck next Friday morning. Thanks for listening to Mile 61. We'll see you next time on Seconds Flat.